from the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's a week of Friday, January 16th, 2015, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Stamps.com. One great resolution you can make for the new year, maximize every minute and every dollar for your small business, and I know an easy way to do it with Stamps.com. Think about how much time you've wasted going to the post office, uh, driving there, finding parking, standing behind old people. Stamps.com is the better way to get postage. Just use what you already have, your computer and printer, to get official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Then the mailman picks it up and whisks it away. With Stamps.com, everything you would do at the post office, you can do right from your desk at a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. And right now, you can use promo code RELEVANT to get a special no-risk trial. Uh, It includes a $110 bonus offer, uh, a, a free digital scale, and up to $55 of free postage. Just go to stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in relevant. That's stamps.com into relevant. Yeah, and just to be clear, we, we've gotten, we get a lot of tweets asking what the promo code is. You can go ahead and try always just relevant first. Right, always. Then, yeah. Then see where you land after that. Right. <laughs> the, our sponsors are simplifying. There's no digits. Right. It's just relevant. It's right. not relevant, like spelled weird. Yeah, no, just, no, 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 no. Relevantia. It's yeah. none of that. It's it's just the word relevant. It's relevant in Spanish. Yep. <laughs> relevant. <laughs> All right. Promo code relevant in Spanish. <laughs> That's for lstamps.com. Um, uh, well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our, our brand new Orlando studio is our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. All the way from Nashville, Tennessee, our managing editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, guys. And hold up in what looks like a detention cell in Washington, D.C., <laughs> Eddie Big Cat Koffeltz. Hey, everybody. I'm wearing a suit, so yeah, be impressed. He's wearing a suit, and he is in a windowless, white-walled room. <laughs> Pretty nice. Pretty and how, nice. And how, you may ask, do I know this? Yeah. Because I, there's a wall of faces behind you, Chad, because the video is working. It's working this week, guys. It's, it's quote-unquote working (laughs) and by working we mean that the video feed that the guys on skype are seeing from our studio is about 20 we're operating operating in about a 20 second delay right now but but that's because of cameron's use of profanity yeah we have a profanity filter delay of 20 seconds the fc we're the the fcc is actually requiring this podcast it doesn't make any sense (laughs) to be on a delay they they are not comfortable with the things we've been putting out lately yeah but for the for the purposes of the listener and and our in our YouTube channel, video is working. It is. I'm it, recording right neat. now. We're not doing a dry run. This is the real deal. Uh, How are you doing, Chad? You, you you were all freaked out last week. You feeling good this week? Yeah, I, I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm still sweating profusely right now, but that's, that's just because typical, I have Chad. a sweatshirt on. So I sweat profusely even when I'm not on camera right now. I'm having a hard time seeing myself. I hope the sweat doesn't get in the way of the of the video experience for our listeners and for our viewers, evidently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so wow. so the plan is uh, we were working on the the intro graphics and stuff just yesterday. The the plan is is that we will uh, find hopefully in every show uh, one, if not more than one, you know, five to ten minute segment that we will 
put on our relevant YouTube channel. So right, if there's if there's nothing on our YouTube channel that week, that means that the FCC <laughs> intervened. <laughs> yeah, and just don't ask. Don't make us say, "Hey, there was nothing usable." Just be cool about it and let us get to the next week. We'll put something up then. So actually, next week's uh, we have some some video stuff planned uh, next week. So next oh, week, I, I do too. Uh, just so you know. Oh, I do you? Okay, because one one of the things we're going to do is we're going to do a, a video tour of the new studio. Uh, we have quite the collection of memorabilia behind us here. For every box okay. that came in this week that was like a cable or a device for me, three boxes came in and it was something for camera to put on the shelves of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the dark corners of the internet to find tangible physical references <laughs> to many of our historical jokes. The, the so. FCC was following him because of some of the things he purchased online. Yeah. Now, now, Camtastic, I actually, now we are, this is a video week, so we are recording right now. Yes, we are. Right? Okay, yeah. I left a gift for you in the studio. Oh, I know, but I'll let you be the one to reveal it next week during the tour. Oh, oh you want me to wait, okay. I, I, I It's on the shelf. I, I saw it and gasped audibly. <laughs> so, it's on the okay. shelf, and I you get the limelight for this one next week, so... Uh, so yeah, next week we'll with Daddy back in town. We'll record a, uh, a a tour of the studio and then put that on our YouTube channel. Um, and we also have a special guest from Podcast Pass that are that's going to join us next week. So yeah. it's going to be fun. We have a great show for you in store this week. Coming up later, we talk to Christine Kane, Eddie uh, interviews her. She's uh, author of the new book Unstoppable. Uh, she's the founder of the A Twenty One campaign, and she is a incredibly popular speaker uh, around the world. Um, and we also talked to uh, an incredible indie band that we're really excited about from Indian Lakes is coming up on the show later. So, you know, Joy is out on sabbatical right now. I haven't been checking up on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I mean, has anybody talked to her? Is she okay? We I can tell care. you that I used her as one of the people in my Oregon Trail. I played Oregon Trail the other day, and she was one of the people that I used in my party, and she was the first to go. Yeah, listen, Rockstar, I, I'm not going to say it hurt my feelings that I wasn't included on your team, but it felt like it felt hurtful, actually. No, I guess I'm a survivor, a Eddie. I had to think of the people who were going to be the best use to me on the Oregon Trail, and, and I'm sorry. And clearly, Joy was not one of them. Just for some context, the Internet Archive put up all the old MS-DOS games from our childhood. Amazing. Uh, that, that we loved playing in computer class. Mm-hmm. The king of them, of which is Oregon Trail. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler on Twitter live tweeted a game that he put in his caravan several members of the podcast i don't want to brag but i think i was the only one with tyler who came out <laughs> yeah, unscathed yeah in our me trip. and jesse were the last were the last to pull through and uh but but i i think chad and cameron were the other two and and you guys made it a long ways wait i'm sorry what ways. what are you talking yeah. Oregon Trail. Well, I was playing Oregon Trail. And you I know, know you get to name your party. Oh, okay. So I, I picked Cameron. I was like, you. when did you do this? Because I was available and I didn't get the text. So, okay. <laughs> he, I, unfortunately, it was just artificial intelligence, but evidently it's pretty smart because I made it to the very end. And there's no, I don't want to, I'm not saying that the computer insinuated that I may have killed you guys to heighten my chances of survival, but uh, it didn't rule it out. Chad got bit by the same snake twice. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, it's. I'm just like saying, like, I get everybody else on the team, but then you gotta, at the end, you gotta choose between me and Joy to take on the Oregon Trail, and you feel like Joy's a better choice. And if, yes, Well, and she do. has all the aggressive off-road running experience. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just yeah. don't play yeah. Need to Breathe, or you know she's gonna fall and break something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Poor she, lady. She, I mean, I, A, I wanted a little bit of diversity in the in my lineup. I, I want to be, you know, I'm, it's 2015. Women can handle the Oregon Trail. Well, I thought they could handle the Oregon Trail. That's <laughs> right. conversation maybe for another time. Um, and but but B, I just thought that she had a lot of. We're all very aware that Joy's a Joy's a fighter. She's very tenacious. Um, and I think you know she got bit by a snake and suffered along with us for a long time before she passed away. So I think she can hold her head high about her. <laughs> I death. immediately reverted to the same strategy I used when I was in third grade when I played. Which was just go to the general store, stock yep. up only on ammo. I don't want extra wheels. <laughs> I don't want axles. I don't need no. anything to haul my carriage. My family's waiting there while I go hunt this forest dry. Yeah, because you know what happens if you break an axle? You just can put a gun under there. Like, you do not need anything but the guns and the ammo. That's all like, you need. When I'm done hunting, it, it is a massacre. Like, I have, I have single-handedly yeah. massacred an entire herd of buffalo, but right. anyone is free to use the meat I kill because that's all I'm interested in doing in that game. You can, you can use the meat to make another thing. <laughs> I don't really know much about survival. Actually, Joy was a really good point. I think. <laughs> <laughs> was a, now, now that I dig into survival skills, I think Joy may have been the right call. Yeah. Cameron, from all your naked and afraid viewing, I'm surprised that that you didn't make it longer on the journey. Thank you. I I have no reference to anything that you're talking about, but I appreciate the compassion. Okay, so so I thought it would be good. This is a unique opportunity where the two female cast members aren't here to keep us in check. Hmm. But you know, it's important to us to have a female presence on the show. And if you know the females don't want to you know hang out with us, it's not our fault. But you know, it dawned on us. Chad and I were talking, and we have an office full of females, binders of women. So. We thought, why not randomly grab a few of them and bring them back here, get to know them a little bit, and in a new segment that we're calling The Guys Ask Girls Anything They Want. The guys ask the girls anything they want. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> that sounds like a great game. Th- thankfully, there is a 20-second delay on, yeah. on this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we grabbed uh, three of our uh, female staff members. Uh, why don't you guys come up one, one by one, and, and we'll ask you your name, and then the guys here will ask you a question, anything they want. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's it. Okay. So who's first? Hey, quick question, Cameron. As we get this going, there is an HR representative there. An HR right? representative is here in the room with us. Right. Okay. Yes. okay why? Yeah, we're 20 second. Can we yeah. up that delay anymore? Yeah, we're yeah. up to 40 What's seconds. the maximum delay we've got? I think 40 is good. Yeah, so. right now there's someone from HR, uh, uh, okay. uh, two lawyers, and several people from the FCC. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a yeah. sniper would be a good idea, too. I was actually not willing to appear in studio for this little shenanigan. So <laughs> I, I made my way up to Washington, D.C. Okay, so okay, say your name and what you do here, Relevant. Uh, my name is Lindsay Staten, and I am the editorial coordinator. There you go. Okay, guys, you get to ask Lindsay anything you want. Lindsay, first of all, um, nice to see you. <laughs> Second of all, let's you can see all of the gentlemen of Relevant Podcast right now. You yeah. can see two of them in there, three of us on the television. You got to pick one of us to take with you on the Oregon Trail. Um, it's going to be about survival. It's going to be about getting to the finish line. Which one of us do you pick to take with you on the Oregon Trail, and why? And if it's not me, why did you hurt my feelings? <laughs> and, and Lindsay, let me say this, too. This is from experience. Surviving on the Oregon Trail is about being willing to do whatever it takes. <laughs> like So you're going to want to pick the most devious person here. Right. Like, I may have planted a, a snake in Chad's 
bunk bed twice <laughs> to ensure that he is no longer a threat to me. Okay, so the person with no soul, the person with survival skills. Can I can I just weigh in here and say that of the people you're selecting from, two of us have actually completed the Oregon Trail, and the rest of us have failed at it. Hey, actually, real quick, let's see a show of hands. Who here is an Eagle Scout? Just raise your hand. Because <laughs> my hand's up. I don't see Jesse. Hey, We're on hey, a delay. So th- that's going to be real good uh, if uh, somewhere along the way there's there's a, a community that needs a playground built for underprivileged children. <laughs> Yeah. But this is about raw survival. This is Remember order that, of the bow. He knows how level. to tie like five times of knots, uh-huh. and the rest of us know how to survive on the Oregon Trail. So just pick your. <laughs> Listen, Lindsay, you and I are friends. So this is going real well about letting the girls talk and have a <laughs> yeah, voice this on is, the we're show. Off the floor. We're, yeah. we're done. Oh yeah, sorry. All right, All right. Yeah. Lindsay. Lindsay, your answer. Uh, this is hard. Okay, um, I was. I would have to go with Chad. Oh, wow. I would have to go with Chad. It's a good choice. (laughs) Keep it coming. This is a... No, no, no. I get to say why, Eddie. You said I get to say why. Why? Um, Chad always has his stuff together, and he handles emergencies and tough situations very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's calm. And I dig that about Chad. That's true. He's not going to fly off the handle. I like this, man. He he died on the Oregon Trail. This went way better than we even (laughs) practiced. So, Lindsay, I have to tell you this. That... When when I'm when I'm in a survival situation, I go on raw irrational emotion and, and do something that I may regret, I may not. I don't know. I've survived this long, so. Yeah, Jesse, we don't need that kind of thing. We're trying to survive here. All, all right. right, all right. Here's Thanks, a, here's guys. the next member of the staff we want to meet. Uh, state your name and what you do. I am Lauren, and I'm the designer. <laughs> all right, guys. This is Lauren. Lauren. Uh, Tyler, you can ask Lauren anything you want. Okay. Okay. Lauren. You, you and I talk movies, uh, have been talking movies quite a bit more recently, actually. Um, who would play you, your <laughs> mom, and your boyfriend in the movie about your life? And your boss, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Choose wisely. And Tyler. And Tyler. Okay. Tyler, I'm not good with names, though. I'm going to have to, like, describe people to you. Yeah, okay, That's describe the- Tyler, I'll help you out. Tyler's David Spade. Next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and be Drew Carey. You can keep going. <laughs> you you describe the person, and we'll, we can supply the name. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So who would play and you? And Eddie Murphy can be all of those people, just as you're thinking of your options. <laughs> I like Emma Roberts. Can I be Emma Roberts? Who's Emma Roberts? Go. Oh, Emma Roberts. She's an American Horror Story. She's Julia Roberts' niece, oh, I think. Interesting. I don't know. She's I like her. Swinging okay. for the fences there. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, my mom. I don't know. She's super conservative and well, just an wanna, old like Southern lady. Oh, like so her. like Ann Coulter. Super conservative. <laughs> okay. Sally, Sally Field. Sally yes, Field. Yes. 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 Sally Field. Sally Field. Okay, we've got Sally Field. Okay. okay. Your boyfriend. My boyfriend. Hold on, you have an actual real life gentleman caller right now? Yeah. He is a very nice guy. I, I've met him. We've had a good time together. He's bearded. So. He likes soccer. So I'm going to be offended if you get this okay. wrong. Oh, so David, like David Beckham then would probably bearded be. and like soccer. Oh well, that's interesting. Tim I f- yeah, I feel like Tim Tim Howard is better. But Tim, he's Howard. Not bald. Tim and, Howard. And you have a conservative mother. Hmm. How do they get along? Mom and boyfriend. They get along just great. They don't talk much, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So then, the right there is, hey, Lauren, Lauren, who hurt you? Yeah, this is compelling. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening? Just, that's just a recurring This is why we don't have women on the show. Follow-up question. What's your favorite part of the podcast? 
<laughs> have you listened to the podcast ever is what he's trying to get at. Once. Once. Which episode? Right. Who was the guest? Do you remember? I think propaganda. Oh, really? I think so. Right? I can't sure. remember. He's been on. That, that's pretty that's a good guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good guess. That's actually, we're going to continue on and ask that question to everybody. Okay. All right. Who's cool. next? All right. Thank you, Thank Lauren. you, Lauren. I think that the problem with Lauren just now may have been that she was too excited to be on the podcast. <laughs> just, you really need to tone it down. Now. <laughs> really pumped up to be able to goof around with these Whoever's people. up next, just tell them All to right. give us a second to talk. All right. Who, who, who are you and what do you do? My name's Caroline. I'm the customer experience coordinator, right. and I upload the podcast on Fridays. That's yes, right. she does. That's right. She's a very <laughs> integral part of what we do here. And she works with our advertisers, does ad child yeah. care. Huh. Yep. Okay. FYI, FYI, 50% of Chad's job just went down the drain in my mind. I didn't know oh, no, no, no. that After, he did that. No, yeah. it's just, it's like the easiest part. And I'm training her how to edit as well. So, <laughs> And it's he's training great. her on how to hook up video yeah. editing. Yeah, she's. that's the reason that everything is working today. Is I had Caroline back here all week, and she fixed everything. <laughs> The blind leading the blind there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Chad hates me for all these technical jokes I've made. All right, guys. Uh, you can ask Caroline anything you want. Caroline, you have 20 minutes to spend $100,000. Mm. Nothing can be resold for, for, for money, and half of it has to be spent in a Sky Mall catalog. What do you buy? You have 20 minutes. Oh my if gosh. you don't say the world's greatest massage chair, I'm going to lose a tremendous amount of respect for you. Um, I've never looked at a Sky Mall. Oh, oh never? So. <laughs> you just hurt Jesse's feelings. She I'm prefers sorry. road trips. What do you do on an airplane? I watch the movies. You all right, Jesse? I, I, his breath yeah, what, was taken away. What's in the Sky Mall? <laughs> Jesse looks like someone punched him in the stomach. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a catalog of, of wonderment is what it is. <laughs> I, we have to ask a different question. She can't answer it. Yeah, she can't, she can't answer, answer that one. All right. Oh, wait. Oh, Lauren just came back Come in. Back, Lauren. Breaking news. Come back, Breaking Lauren. news. She's wanting to change her answer. Oh. oh, okay. I just found out who my boyfriend is. It's really important. Okay. okay. Who is Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. I have a hard time seeing him getting That's along it. with your go conservative now, mother. There it is. <laughs> I feel Thank like you, this might work out for you, Lauren. Good luck. <laughs> she she never said Cameron, by the way. Yeah, she, that's yeah. fine. We 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 need to move along. Uh, okay, so <laughs> you guys can ask Caroline anything you want. Okay, okay, Caroline, you've had to. Uh, I've done a number of interviews that you've had to transcribe, listen to them, and, and write them all out. Um, would you rather? You have to pick one of these two options. Would you rather have to transcribe an interview uh, that I give to you on a keyboard that makes little fart noises every time you punch a key? Just like a little puffin every time you press the key? Or, I would just or, say that would make transcribing so much more interesting and fun. Just the noise though, right? I would, I would or, ask for transcription duty. Or you have a normal, you have a normal keyboard but my interview is entirely uh, whale noises. Uh, well, I'd probably have to go with the farts. It's, yeah. it's just noises, right, though? Yeah. Just noises? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. no, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Don't be disgusting. Ca yeah, that's okay. fine. Caroline, there I'll you go. just go with the farts. That's the quote of the week. <laughs> All right. Caroline, go Caroline, with the farts. Caroline, just as a real quick final question, what's your favorite part of the podcast? Um... Well, I'm uploading mean, it. The uploading. Yeah. Thanks, Caroline. I appreciate the, the it. The successful uploading of it. <laughs> I think I think we're fine. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that was the guys ask girls anything they want. The guys ask the girls anything they want. 
hey guys, I hate to be rude uh, because I know that there is a lot of follow-up conversation about bathrooms and whatnot to have, um, but I am actually in training at IJM and have to go back and learn about, you know, freeing slaves. So you guys keep doing whatever you're doing and I'm going to go do that. Sounds important. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Bye guys. Okay. Well, I guess we're doing most of the show fly like flying solo now. Maybe, oh, man. Skeleton maybe, crew. maybe we should bring back Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> She's still there. She's just chopping at the bit. She didn't have enough fun the first time on. <laughs> She's ready to come back for more. Maybe she's caught her breath and calmed down a little. Um, okay, well, it's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, January 20th. Aqualong is still making music with 10 futures. Uh, Bell and Sebastian is coming out with Girls in Peacetime Want to Dance. So true. It is true. Because, I mean, if a war is going on, it's not really the time. I, know. I could write novels. Lupe Fiasco is coming out with uh, Tetsuo and Youth. Uh, Mickey Echo is coming out with Time. The Water Boys with Modern Blues. And the Decemberists, new album with What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World. Very excited for that one. What, what happened to Lupe Fiasco? I feel like he was like all the rage in the hip hop scene, and then he just... I stopped hearing about him. He, yeah, it's just he had a th- he had a thing that he does. It was kind of like Kid Cudi, and okay. and it was good, and it was a moment in time. And as an artist, he just kind of stayed there, and other artists came on the scene, and we just all kind of moved on. So it's I'm curious to see this album if uh, if he has something new to bring us. You know, I'll listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember liking his old stuff a lot. Yeah. I just, uh, it's yeah. just you're kind of right when you have that one sound. It's hard to. Well, and topically, he was you know kind of positive. He was clean, so it's like I mean, he just kind of like a label was put on him. You know, gotcha. So, gotcha. Movie releases, uh, movies coming out on Friday, January twenty third. Cake with Jennifer Aniston, Anna Kendrick, Sam Worthington, uh, Mordecai. Ugh. Johnny Depp, Gwyneth Paltrow. Is this what? The, what? He, you 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 audibly groaned by just, <laughs> you, just saying the title like, of that film. All like, you guys tell me. You're more plugged in than me, but I've seen the trailer and the commercials and all that. Uh, is this him trying to do a character along the lines of uh, uh, Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther? It, I, that's exact. I, it, that's but but it reminded me of like the Steve Martin version. Oh, even I mean, come on. That's what I and I look. I love Steve Martin. You know, he's he's a genius. But it that was so overacted and like hand fisted. I can't imagine that Johnny Depp's gonna do like a fresh thing on it. Yeah, I t- oh, to me the Inspector Clouseau original stuff, uh classic comedies, I mean, those were formative in my early movie. They're uh, they're amazing. And so like to see Johnny Johnny Depp just trying to adopt a similar persona, it's like, okay, we've already done this. You know, a goofball guy who gets the uh, inspector who gets gorgeous women, and you know, just I don't know. That's why it's that's why you heard my noise. We should have Eddie start an advice column for Johnny Depp because I feel like somebody needs to come in and just give him a little guidance in his career because he had a really good thing going for a while. He was top of the world, and now I just whenever a new movie comes out, it just seems like another miss. It, it seemed like the Lone Ranger was since then. He's been on a cold streak. He's that been would, yeah. grasping at. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Mordecai—that's going to be the thing that turns it all around. Um, he's also—he's going to be on the cover <laughs> of the next issue. Cameron's <laughs> review is simply an audible groan. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sea is coming out with Jude Law, uh, Son of a Gun with Ewan McGregor. Uh, Say that one more time. Ewan, Ewan, Ewan. Ewan. I'm not sure, but it's E W A N. 
Song One and Hathaway and the humbling Al Pacino. I mean, huge actors are coming out with uh, not really huge films. Well, you you guys saw that. Well, if you read relevantmagazine.com, you saw that uh, Ewan Ewan is portraying. Which Jesus. one is it? Which one is it's, it? I thought I've always said Ewan. Simple <laughs> like like Ewok. Yeah, like an Ewan. Ewan. Yeah, like it's an Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I believe it's Ewan. <laughs> Ewan Kenobi. A, but but Ewan Ewan McGregor is playing Jesus in a movie that's coming that's premiering at Sundance next week. Yeah, yeah. it's the Forty Days in the Desert, right? It's or, the Forty Days yeah. in the Desert, and he is also playing Satan in the same movie. Which that's an Eddie Murphy move, right there. <laughs> they, they, Satan is three hundred pounds. Uh, they also announced the guy who's going to play Jesus in uh, the new Ben Hur reboot. And it's a the, uh, a Brazilian actor who uh, he played Zerkskis in the Three Hundred movies. Zerkskis, yeah. The X E R X E S X E R S. Yeah. The, am am I pronouncing that incorrectly? Uh, very much so. Yeah. In any case, mm-hmm. he, he's that's an interesting resume to put together. Ewan played Ewan Zerxes. McGregor and Xerxes. I must be I must be referring to another evil biblical king, but that's it. His name's. Uh, Rodrigo Santoro. <laughs> What's it? Say it again. How's his name go? I'm probably butchering it. So, <laughs> Ewan. <laughs> uh, well, that that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. Portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by Life on Mission. No matter what you do, you're called to be on mission with God. Life on Mission is a rich but simple book that will help you become the everyday missionary God intended you to be. Adaptable to any context, it functions well as an individual study or within a small group environment. Threaded with engaging stories and powerful questions, Life on Mission delivers a robust gospel base with daily mission practices that help you take your next steps to living life on mission. You can find out more at lifeonmissionbook.com. Listening to the Decemberists, the song is "Make You Better." At the beginning of the podcast, you're a TV on the radio with their new one, "Careful You," from the album Seeds. I'm not typically a TV on the radio fan. I thought they were a little too hyped for what they gave us, but th- that was a great song. Yeah, it's a cool song. It's got a good, like vibe. good vibe to it. Yeah, good podcast intro song. Yeah. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Uh, well, I wanted to uh, talk about a new uh, startup that has me pretty excited. That someone. Finally, start starting to think outside the box in Silicon Valley. Well, at least in the Silicon Valley realm, the, the, this particular entrepreneur is actually coming out of Australia, and he's launched <laughs> a new website at shipyourenemiesglitter.com. Uh, so, how this works is you send this guy online about uh, eight dollars, and he will send an envelope <laughs> full to the brim. Very inconspicuous-looking envelope with glitter to anyone in the world. 
And the idea is he got a couple of birthday and Christmas cards that were glittery. And he noticed how frustrating it was to get it all over <laughs> your, your hands and your house. And it's just very difficult to clean up. So this devious entrepreneur uh, will ship anyone in the world that you want an envelope full of glitter as a, as a practical joke as some sort of uh, a revenge. Uh, but it's been so popular that the site crashed within a day of launching, and he's had thousands and thousands of orders, and he's only been up for, for by the time you're listening to it, he's been up for a week. Why is the, the idea being that this is like something you do to an enemy or to somebody that you wanted yeah, to? Yeah, glitter your enemies. To, yeah. Glitter your <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I mean, you want to you wanna be careful what, what you're doing to enact some sort of uh, uh, a revenge or, 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 or hateful act on your enemies. So why not something harmless but incredibly <laughs> frustrating uh, like an envelope full of glitter? They'll also uh, get a note that will tell the person exactly why they're receiving the terrible gift. And it says, hint, the glitter will be mixed in again with the note. So when they unfold it, it will go, uh, it will get even, even messier. <laughs> I love that this guy is like this is his business model and it's actually probably going to be very successful. Well, for a moment. I mean like after like the, the news rounds right now of the novelty, who's going to remember it? But I mean he's he's got to have relatively low overhead even if this is only even if this is only funny for a couple of weeks. He's still probably made a lot of money just sending people envelopes full of glitter. And it would be an incredibly frustrating thing to show up at your house and then just rip open that and, is and for it to spread everywhere. That is you probably, true. You, you're probably back in the black after like 10 letters. You really, you're well, talking like about said, glitter and how envelopes. How much does a bunch of glitter cost? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, okay. So uh, that, was a, that was a neat little slice. But I have something that I need... I Jesse, we need to talk about. Okay, oh. totally unrelated. It's a news item, though, and I, you know, I don't bring slices, but I just need y'all to tell me your thoughts on this. Last week, the news came out that the new head of the Discovery Channel oh, vows yeah. major yes. changes: no more anaconda stunts, no more fake shark documentaries. He's heard your cries, Jesse. He straight up apologized. He did. He said, "Jesse Carey, mm -hmm. I'm sorry." He looked right hey. in the camera. I, I will say this. I have sent, and I'm not joking about this, I have sent numerous emails. Uh, you have sent numerous letters full of glitter. <laughs> yeah, I have glitter bomb Discovery Channel pretty much nonstop. Like, and I put on the outside, don't worry, this one does not contain glitter. <laughs> Please open. Does not contain. Yeah, go in front of an oscillating fan and open this envelope. Hint, hint, no glitter inside. The new head of Discovery Channel is Rich Ross, and it was a press junket about their upcoming, you know, programming. And of course, everybody, you know, is up in arms about not only the Megalodon documentary and how they've ruined Shark Week. Yeah. But the more recent egregious act of eating alive, the guy was supposed to get eaten by an anaconda, right? Yeah. Uh, the ironically titled Eaten Alive, considering no no one was eating alive. Nobody was eating alive eat. and he it was pre taped, so they knew that they weren't eating alive. But anyway, did you see the quotes? The quotes were actually he he, yeah, while he like you know said we're not going to do this anymore, it's not the right fit for Discovery, blah, blah blah. He didn't totally throw it under the bus, 
Like his quote, he said about eating alive. He said it was a right intention with a packaging that was misleading. He said uh, Paul Rosili uh, cares deeply about snakes and wanted to draw attention to deforestation. But you don't have to be so sensational. In his mind, he thought being eaten by the snake was actually possible. But the fever of that story came out, got out of control. So whether it's a, about a title adding a question mark, for me, I'd rather be in a situation where the story is clear and you don't expect at the end something that can't possibly happen. The um, reason it spun out of control is because they made these insane dramatic yeah, trailers. It's their that own said, fault. Right. Yeah. The reason yeah. people thought they were going to watch someone get eaten alive because they told people you're going to see someone getting eaten alive. And if that guy's <laughs> mission is to spread a message about deforestation, guess what? We already got that crusader. His name's Jungle Bird, and he does hilarious <laughs> things to interrupt live sporting matches, <laughs> and the world watches. <laughs> and no one's mad at him. <laughs> Jungle, yeah, let me say this real quick about stopping deforestation. If Jungle Bird says he's going to do something, Jungle Bird's going to do something. If Jungle Bird said he was going to get eaten alive, he would have done it. And he would have probably done it like at half court in the middle of an NBA game. So uh, I'll quit ranting about deforestation, but I do want to talk. The, the other thing, he admitted that these were really successful. Yeah. These, these were because they're basically the equivalent of television clickbait. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they were. And then people were so up in arms about how terrible they were. Then they went on social media. Then all the other people wanted to see what was so bad about it. And they tuned in and it was television clickbait. Yeah. But, yeah, but see, I'm a little confused about your stance on this because you say, I hear you say that you're ready for Discovery Channel to go back to its old science-based, fact-based ways. But you get very excited anytime Discovery Channel <laughs> promises clickbait. And you always, it's always your slice if there's some if there's something to be brought. Wow. So I can't tell if you're excited about I think I think you're playing both sides. Oh, I think you're trying to have no, your no, no, You no, just no, got no, called dude. out. No, no. Here's a here's the thing, Tyler, and this is probably why you can't relate to it. I'm an honest person. And when somebody says to me, I'm going to see someone get eaten alive, even if even if I know that these people have wronged me in the past, right? I believe them. The only reason that I get excited is because I take them at at, at their word, because that's the kind of that's the kind of man I am. <laughs> like if they, what 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 irritates me about like I I don't care if the if the shows are sensational I I love it the more sensational the better but at least deliver on the promise and right. don't like the megalodon thing is there megalodon no longer exists like they, they like it was it was shot and filmed like a documentary but it, it, it was it was just a fictional narrative film. Well, so, well same, but the, the same thing they did with the Mermaids documentary on Animal Planet, and Animal Planet is owned by Discovery. So if he's just saying that Discovery isn't going to do it anymore, they're going to do it still because it's successful. They're just going to do it on their other channels. Yeah, well, yeah. A- Animal Planet and like the History Channel, I don't know if you guys have watched them lately, but a majority of their program are reality shows about people looking for mythical creatures. So I don't think that their ethical uh, uh, stance has much to lose at this point. Yeah, the his- and, and I will say this. I watch those shows because they are wildly entertaining, and you never know. They might find something. The, the History Channel, you could, there's this pivot that happened about five, three, five years ago where – you know, they started doing all these like, you know, like you said, reality shows that have nothing to do with history, you know, like Pawn Stars and stuff. And I guess that kind of does because they talk about the artifacts, but like, but like they have just these shows that have nothing to do with history and they changed their tagline to 
uh, history made every day. And so yeah. it's like, but the fact that we're documenting real real life people, whatever, we are documenting current history is their justification. I'm like, come on. But you, yeah, it's, it's that, like that's sort of every television channel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In any, in any sense. It's called a VCR, man. You don't, I mean. <laughs> well, that's like true TV that has these reality shows, but they're actually all staged. Like, and obviously staged. I mean, you'd have to be, like, they have one about a, a towing company uh, that, that where they go. South Beach they, Tow. Yeah. But, but, but these are actors. Like, they're, they're recreations of supposedly real. Got your car getting towed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but they're so over the top. Like everyone ends with some insane fist fight, but they're staged and scripted. But but True TV gets away with it because their tagline is uh, "Not reality, actuality." <laughs> and it's like, well, oh, well, that's not confusing. <laughs> oh, clearly you're telling me that I'm watching a scripted show right now. Right. Uh, you know, I, I am excited uh, that mainly just for Shark Week because. You know, other than like Mythbusters, I, I don't really watch a lot of Discovery anymore just because none of their programming, all of it is just, you know, moonshiners and, and, and all those shows. Like, it's fun to watch every once in a while, but I do think Shark Week needs to be redeemed because it, it also just became such like they became so aware of, of like of the cultural uh, uh, spectacle of it that it just got kind of lame, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he said he's trying to get, uh, he's going to broaden Discovery's appeal so it's not just for the men of the family, but for the whole family. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, he's going to, I mean, I don't want to see Megalodon anymore and I don't want to see fake hype thing, but it's like, I mean, I think it's, it might take itself too seriously all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. Like, like I didn't know that the current Shark Week wasn't gender inclusive. Well, yeah, apparently wow. little girls aren't all excited about seeing, you know, sharks for a week straight. So, wow. But is that on Discovery Channel or is that on little girls? <laughs> <laughs> is he apologizing for little girls? Cameron, can we bring back in the women of the office? <laughs> <Yeah>. we <need laughs> I want to gauge them. their interest on sharks. I have one more question. What's your I thought think I know on what sharks? Say. Yeah, just just the the creature. Yeah, the, the fish. <laughs> All right, what do you have, Tyler? Um, well, this is a, a short jump uh, from from that topic to this one. This is sort of bringing Discovery Channel home a little bit. Um, there was a. I I think this is something that this is something you maybe see in a movie and pass off as something that wouldn't actually happen, or it would haunt your your nightmares. And you'd wake up and say, oh, thank God, it's just a dream. Well, it's not a dream because it happened for real. It happened in this country, in California, so kind of this country. And I'm curious about how you guys would have handled this. Um, it actually took place, callback, in a, in a woman's restroom at work. This woman works at a PR firm in downtown San Diego. And she noticed that the water level in the toilet was a little high. So upon further inspection, she found that there was a, a snake in the toilet blocking it up. So right there, whoa, all whoa, she can whoa, see whoa. is the head of the snake. No, okay? no, 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 no. This no, is no. like the your worst <laughs> nightmare. As okay. a child, I would have those visions of like snakes could come up the drain. Yeah. Right. And like and bite you in the butt. Yeah. It's not a, it's it, not a vision. It's reality. It's not implausible. It's, it happens. It's true. It's true. And it's in America. So right there, you see the, you see the head of a snake. The head of a snake. What's your first move? Uh, what do you do? Get flush. Out. Are you flush? Close you flush. the lid. Cameron, you flush. Yeah. Jesse, what do you do? Well, this is—is is this like a public restroom that doesn't have the traditional lid to close it? That's right. This is like this is at work. 
I, 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 I leave the stall door open, casually walk out, and mention it to no one. <laughs> and then I stand outside the door and just wait for it. <laughs> like, someone set me up to be the recipient. They're about to be on the receiving end of, like, the greatest prank playoff ever. And I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> you know what I would actually do, too? I would... <laughs> I would go ahead and put toilet paper around the seat to make it look extra welcoming for someone. <laughs> like someone went and pre-prepped this one. <laughs> Nothing weird here. So is it a live snake or is it a toy snake? Well, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you what this woman did because because this is I think this is where the story goes to the next level. She goes herself and gets a plunger. No. And just proceeds. No, wait a Can I tell you one other move I do? Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> I remove the toilet paper from all of the other stalls. Okay. So when they like come in, I know they have to use that one because it's the only one with any toilet paper left. <laughs> Continue, Tyler. This, this, well, I, this woman plunges the snake out. This snake, guys, this snake was five feet long. Oh my gosh. And she removed the entirety of it from the toilet. It, it was fell. alive? It, it was alive. It fell on the ground and stored, started, in her own words, slithering towards her. And that's when she, that she didn't leave until it started being aggressive towards her. And that's when they had to call animal control. Okay. She plunged <laughs> it. She plunged a five okay. foot. But I don't understand they, how the did it physics get, of this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I could see, like, it's sucking it up to the water level or to the level of the plunger. But, like, how do you get... She had to grab it by the neck and pull no, it I out. Bet, I bet, like, you get it up to the level and then it just comes out. Oh, it just comes out. Yeah. One plunge and then it's like, okay, I'm getting out of it here. It starts getting then, whacked in the head with a plunger and it just slithers out. And yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I got to get out of here. So it came out. She went she to the other side of the that. bathroom while it came out of the toilet on its well, own I mean, volition. Th- imagine, like, foot after foot of this thing it's probably as long as she is if she was a five foot yeah. tall woman if yeah. she I mean if she that's maybe she's short I don't know there's no details about her height on the story that I've the, the write about this that I found but I haven't gone to I haven't gone to the bathroom since I read about this <laughs> I've been holding it since I read about this story four <laughs> and a half days ago are eradicated I can't that is the most terrifying thing. The plunging thing is where I don't get. Like, there's no way I'm getting involved in this no. any more than I already was have. It, I mean, because I had a glance. You see a snakehead. I would. Uh, my first thought would be that it's a toy snake. It's a it, joke. Someone's that's playing true. a prank. And that's so, true. like, yeah. uh, maybe yeah. she. But but still, my next thought is not to plunge it out and see if no. it is a toy. It's to get out of the bathroom, well, probably out of the building, and I'd probably leave America. No, so Tyler, do we know for sure? <laughs> you would be like Alec Baldwin if if George Bush won the election, and yep. you would move I would out move. of the U.S. Oh, I'm gone. Oh, man. Out. Yeah. No more. See ya. Yeah. No, so, Tyler, do we know for, for sure that it, it, it crawled up the pipes from some undisclosed, you know, sewer layer, and it didn't wasn't like in the building and just found a comfortable spot? No. No, I don't think we. I don't think we do know that. But it's got to be a moccasin. I mean, it's got to be a water snake. I mean, or else it wouldn't be able to live in water, right? I sure hope so. But I, but I, don't I, they still I, breathe I air? I mean, how is it living in a water filled? It was pipe? probably coming up and down, and then like slithered back in when when they heard her her footsteps on the tile floor. That's probably, it's probably just. It was probably just waiting for the right moment to strike. See, I was... <laughs> it was laying low. <laughs> I would think if a snake was in a toilet, it would wrap itself around right underneath the rim of the toilet. I always yeah. thought that too. You know? I've spent Here, a lot saying, of time thinking about this. If they actually have a picture of the snake, I'm going to send it to you guys. No, I don't want to no. see it. I really don't want to see it. Please I really 
don't want to see let it. Me, let me ask you guys this. Now that, you, now that you've heard this story and know that it's not only plausible, but has happened at, at a nice office building, how thoroughly are you going to examine the restroom before I'll you never not glance down now. I mean, there's no way that I'm not going to go a little split second, just double check. You have to. I was not aware. I was not aware, Cameron. They are, you're quite afraid of snakes. No, but I don't want one going into my rear end. Well, no, I can understand that. It's that's actually worst case scenario. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like if you're talking that wasn't about really snake the attacks, question. <laughs> like there's not, it doesn't get any worse than that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, literally, it would. I'd rather have one bite me right in the face. Right in the face. <laughs> that's def. That's DefCon one or three or whatever the worst. Because one is. at least, at least I saw it coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at least it, I didn't get the shock and terror. It was just, I know, it's like, at least for a split again. second, my mind is able to process, a snake is biting me directly into the face. Oh, man. Better the enemy you know than the, than the one you don't. No! There it is. Oh! There it is, guys. On the screen. Oh, that thing is, is as thick as a Diet Coke can. That is yeah. absolutely terrifying. That is not a you, little garter snake. You really that, can't wrap your hand all the way around. You wouldn't be able to wrap your hand, close your fingers what, around it. How big it. of a pipe is this? That's a great question. They're very, I mean, they don't. They can squeeze, you know, really tiny. Yeah. Get into lots of different holes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that thing is the size of an anaconda. I mean, I heard, I heard a This American Life where a guy in New York City, a a rat had, had, had swam up his, the pipes and was in the toilet. I think that would be more terrifying. That's even grosser. I think. Well, how, how did that rat hold its breath that long? It was That's like treading water in there. Oh, oh! So it was just in the apartment, and then like no, no, fell into the toilet. It came up through the pipes somehow. I don't know. It came up I don't, the pipes. But, but it definitely came up the pipes, and, and it was like trapped in there. And the guy tried to free it, and it bit him. <laughs> what city is this that we're looking at? This is for the snake Calif- or the rat. It was California, wasn't it? The snake is San Diego. Oh. San Diego. It- that's an upscale part of the country. It could literally happen anywhere, and it's probably more likely to happen in Florida. <laughs> Nobody is safe. <laughs> I'll say this. If you were to bet me money right now, <laughs> if you could say, Jesse, you have to put $1,000 betting that the next time this happens, because it will happen. We know that. Well, now word has gotten out in the snake community. They know what's possible. Right. Hey, guys, yeah. there's swimming pools in every building in America. Yeah, snake Three swimming nice, pools. cool, relaxing saunas. Yeah, world. And if there's pools. one thing history has taught us that if it happens once in San Diego, it'll happen a thousand times well, in that, Orlando. That's my bet. You can give me three to four to one odds on a thousand dollars and say, "Listen, will this happen next time in 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 sunny upscale San Diego, where they already know this is the, a reality of a problem, and city officials are probably working around a clock to solve it, or will this happen?" At an indiscreet media building in the city of Winter Park, Florida. Yeah, I, I where, say Winter where it's Park. It's a, a little humid outside, where snakes are prevalent. Mm-hmm. It's tropical. Yeah. Oh yeah, where they got oh. it, where they have a well-known snake problem. Oh my goodness, this thing is huge. Yeah, it's a real, it's a big snake. I know that we're on a, vi- you know, this is very potentially a video slice now, and our our listeners are, are watching this on YouTube. And, and I know that for those reasons, we can't edit ourselves and we, we okay. need to move on. Okay. But I can't move on. Yeah. This, this is, is, this is, this is, you're stuck here for a little while. The, I, I mean, I did the girth of it. It's yeah, the girth. It's, yeah. It's thick, man. Yeah. That I think is. it'd be less likely to bite you than it would be to pull you down in there with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, to take you into the sewers with it <laughs> and just enslave you in its You're... weird sewery prison. I think that's yeah. the most likely scenario. Yeah. It's going to chain you up here. down there. Or at, least, by the or at least a weird part of a basement you didn't know existed. <laughs> Let me, hey, all right, how about this scenario, okay? Someone could give you, 50, they would say, here's your choice, 50, <laughs> $50,000 cash, oh, yeah. right? No cash tax, money. no, just in a suitcase, right? right? But in ex- but in exchange for this, you it, they're going to tell you that scenario, a, a, a five-foot-long anaconda hidden in a toilet with, you don't know what the outcome's going to be, will happen to you at one point in your life. You just don't know when. Do you take the money and know that you're going to live with that psychological torture for the rest of your life, that it's going to happen any day now, but knowing that once it happens once, you never have to worry about it again. Do you take that deal? Nope. Tyler? 50000 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do it. Cameron? For fifty, Absolutely not. There's no way... I. Be, just because of the peace that you would lose every time you use yes. the restroom, <laughs> you got you to gotta, you gotta be talking seven figures for this to happen, at I mean, least. 50000 Honestly, for me, I mean, I would have to have life-changing money. And seven figures, a million dollars, is it life-changing? Yeah. So you would Because well, if you talk like, about the next 40 years of your life, oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. But you know, a million dollars, that that's could. gone. That's a, that's a nice house, and it's gone. And then you have 40 years of psychological torture. And probably the snake will get you in your own house. But I'm just saying, like, I'm saying it would have to be life-changing money. It would have to be 20 to $40 million. Wait, when you say— You're telling me, okay, <laughs> you're telling me that just knowing that it's only going to happen one time, but you know it definitely 20 will happen. 20 to $40 million. 20 to $40 million? I will never have to think about work or money again in my life. Yeah, you'll just have I to could, think about where you're going to the bathroom yeah, all, all you the have time. to think about is it's not safe to use the bathroom anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and Tyler would do that for fifty thousand dollars. Do it for fifty thousand dollars. You know why? You know why? Because this lady is fine. I mean, psychologically, is she scarred for sure? Going to counseling forever? But you yes. don't know. But the thing is, with this deal, you don't know the, the outcome. You don't know the outcome. Thing. She caught it by That's the head. True. That's true. You don't know it's if it's going to catch All you. All you know is it's going to be lying in wait at some at some point in your life in a toilet. And it That's might be one of those know. aggressive snakes on a plane anacondas that oh, jump at you. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that's you true. What if it happened you on you, you don't know how the snake could potentially evolve into something more lethal between now and when it happens down the road in 40 your life. years, the snake kind may grow feet. We don't, well, yeah, we actually don't know that. Their teeth could get longer and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> we, and Tyler you know, sold it all saw it for $50,000. Sorry. I would do it for $50,000. That I is stand insane. By this. I stand by this. You need better money management. You need to get p- good Jesse, mentors in your life. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know if 50000 is the right number <laughs> for me. I mean, honestly, I would kind that. of like think it would be a cool story to tell for the rest of my life, you know? Like, hey, man, just, just to free people out. I'm more interested if I was like, if I was like a Bill Gates, okay? Right. Like just some crazy rich guy, that, right. that, like crazy money rich. Right. I would, I would want to do the same sort of philanthropic things publicly that he does right but behind the scenes i would be i would be like setting up these crazy scenarios to put real people with like give them terrible psychological decisions that they have to deal with for real money just to see what people actually do so for, for me the the logic of the amount is the payoff needs to last as long as the torture, the torture. I, sure. my benefit has to equal what I'm giving up. 
But but Cameron, it so could that be the money, last day of your life. You could be. You that's could be fine. A, I'm a, saying a, the, I'm just saying the money has to last as long as the psychological torture, which is the rest of my life. Fifty thousand dollars is a nice car. That car will last you five to ten years, and it's done. You got thirty more years of psychological but torture. With, but with the with the torture preoccupied. <laughs> Would the scenario preoccupy your mind around the clock, or only when you use the restroom? I think you got to factor yeah. that. In. It'd be it'd be rest. if if I knew that it was contained to a restroom experience, it would only be when I go to the restroom. Would you start changing your eating habits to use the restroom less? <laughs> I would probably. I mean, we're talking adult diet. diapers. We're talking outdoor <laughs> situations. I I mean. It would be oh, very. You know, but you know it will happen. Regardless yeah, it's going to happen. There's nothing take. you can do to avoid the. Right eventuality of it right right but that's what i'm saying so as long as the payoff is worth the torture and the payoff is <laughs> 20 to 40 million dollars more than 20 million dollars maybe double that 20 to 40 million dollars 40 million dollars is so much money i hope that i come up with a world with with a with like a billion dollar idea and i can actually put you in this scenario camera to see what the number is <laughs> because it would be a worthwhile way for me to spend it this sounds like something that like a bad guy on Sherlock would do. This sounds like a a very evil scheme, Jesse. It's like that it's like that movie that came out a couple years ago. I never saw it, but the people like they had like a a box with a button in it. If they press the yeah. button, like someone would die. They would never meet. What, 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 but wouldn't you get like a million dollars or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was like the premise of like some thriller or something. I would have no interest in doing something to, so terrible. The snake of the toilet thing, I would definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> like if I was rich enough to, to, to orchestrate some elaborate death, I could definitely set up a snake in a toilet at some point. So this is exactly why people tune into the relevant podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, For these sorts of like moral dilemmas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're talking about character I mean, integrity. this is, you know, I wish Philip Yancey was back on the show today uh, to talk <laughs> about real dilemmas like this that that ethical Christian people like us have to struggle with. I mean, this is a, yeah, it's an ethical dilemma. It's 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 yeah. Christine Kane coming up next makes a ton of sense. <laughs> we might have a book coming. We might have a book here. <laughs> we called Would You Rather? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if anything, I think we have the script to a psychological thriller on our hands. But, <laughs> starring I, Ewan McGregor <laughs> and the guy from 300. Ewan McGregor could be both the guy it happens to and the snake. And Johnny Depp is later. the snake. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp is the snake. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. I'm sorry, Christine. Stay tuned. Up next, Christine Kane. Because life, life is a vapor, but the brevity is what makes it a treasure. So feel it all like a love letter to the one you live with forever. His eyes on the sparrow, his eyes on you. You're listening to Misty Edwards. The song is Little Bird from her new solo album, uh, Little Bird, which is streaming uh, this week right now at the, on the drop at relevantmagazine.com. Misty Edwards, uh, if you know kind of the worship scene, she's one of the more notable voices from the IHOP uh, Kansas City, uh, the IHOP album's forerunner music. Uh, this is a solo album, and it's a, a lot different than what we've heard from her in the past. It's really cool. Really great stuff. Well, this week's uh, feature interview is brought to you by Squarespace, who provides creative tools that help anyone give a voice to their ideas. 
From the designers and engineers who are creating the next generation of web and mobile experiences to anyone putting a website together for the first time, Squarespace provides elegant solutions that set new standards for online publishing. Squarespace recently launched the latest version of their platform, Squarespace 7, uh, which has a completely redesigned interface, integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps, new templates, and an incredible feature called Cover Pages. It's really cool. Yeah, and there's a great, great video uh, that they made if you go to Squarespace and you go to you know Squarespace 7 that just shows you all the functionality. It's a great video. It's so, so powerful what it can do. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a great service. A beautiful design, a responsive design, uh, commerce. They have 24-7 support, and it's only 8 bucks a month. Uh, and you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the Relevant Podcast. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, start here. Go anywhere. Christine Kane travels the globe preaching, teaching, and advocating for justice. She's authored five books, including Undaunted and her most recent release, Unstoppable, Running the Race You Were Born to Win. She and her husband, Nick, have founded the A21 Campaign, an anti-human trafficking organization that fights slavery around the globe. She has a heart for freeing captives, both physically and spiritually, but ultimately comes back to her primary focus, building the church. Our very own MIA, Eddie Koffeltz, recently spoke to her. Here is Christine Kane. As a fellow Olympic fan, I am a huge Olympics nerd. I appreciated and was also uh, brought back to a very painful moment, that 4 by 100 women's relay uh, in Sydney, which you were at, correct, in 2000? <laughs> and this kind of yeah. sets the story uh, for, for your uh, new book, Unstoppable. Can you kind of bring us to that moment and, and kind of lead us into what, what, uh, what was significant about that moment for you? Sure. I think, you know, that moment really um, was the catalyst for the next 12 years because um, here you are at this fantastic Sydney Olympic Stadium, which was beautiful. You know, incidentally, the the largest ever purpose-built Olympic Stadium, 116,000-seater, just stunning. But to come into that final, and America should have won, you know. I mean, you had the fastest team on paper. Uh, the women were just like lean, mean running machines, except what I saw was one sloppy exchange, just one coming into that exchange zone um, and being a little bit sloppy in sort of 0.01 seconds. The American team went from being first to coming in third behind the Bahamas and Jamaica um, because they just kind of got sloppy in the exchange zone. And then, of course, that sets the standard of here we are in the year 2000. One sloppy exchange went from coming first to third. Well, then in 2004 in um, Greece, in Athens, you know, one late handover. So handing the baton over outside of the exchange zone resulted in the American team being disqualified. Again, it was the fastest team. Your women's 4 by 100 team should have won. Fastest team on paper. But handing the baton outside of the exchange zone meant the entire team was disqualified. It didn't matter how fast each individual runner was running. And it didn't even matter that you were winning the race. Um, A 20-meter exchange zone actually just decided the fate of the whole race. And then we go to, um, you know, Beijing in 2008. And in the middle of Beijing, you know, a sloppy exchange where you drop the baton Um, meant that, again, the team was disqualified. And it wasn't until London in 2012 
where every one of the transitions, there were a seamless exchange in the exchange zone, then the team won the gold medal. And I remember over those whole 12 years, and I said to the Lord, um, just before the London final, I said, if America wins this, then I know that I'm supposed to write a book about this because I had been monitoring it right from 2000. I thought, wow, a sloppy exchange. Look what that results in. In 2004 in Athens, I thought handing the baton over too late means that the whole team's disqualified. You've got to start all over again. And then in um, Beijing in 2008, I'm like, wow, dropping the baton. How many? And I started to see a picture of the church mm. that there comes times when we're just sloppy in the exchange zone and particularly in the culture that we're in and um, where we've been alive in church life. And I guess with the advent of social media and comparisons, you know, everything's about me being the biggest and the fastest and fulfilling my dreams. But I realized that we are part of an interdependent, eternal divine relay. We're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses in heaven. Tag, we're it. We've got the baton of faith right now. But it really doesn't, my legacy is not, you know, how big a ministry Chris Kane builds or how many people she speaks to, but it's how effective I am at handing over the baton of faith from one next and making sure that I don't hold on to some things longer than I should, that I don't drop some things in the middle of the exchange zone. And really in Christianity, nobody wins until everybody crosses the line. And so it is the most non-individualistic sport, for want of a better phrase, um, than anything. You know, we talk so much about personal faith, personal salvation, all those things are critical, but I think it's so important that we actually understand that we're part of an eternal divine relay and we're responsible the baton of faith to our generation and it's not just about how fast how quick how big my ministry or my leg of the race is i have got to be setting up the generation after me and be very cognizant of the generations before me and make sure that i don't mess it up in the exchange zone Tell me more, dig into that a little bit more, because you encourage every Christ follower, right, to not only run the race, but also finish it well. Tell me what that means. Tell me what that looks like uh, for for someone. Yeah, yeah. There is a battle for our faith. Um, there is no doubt about that. You know, I think sometimes we forget that there is an enemy of our soul. And uh, we're fighting about a lot of things in the world and in Christianity, but fighting about all the wrong things. There's one fight that's worth having, and that's the fight for our faith that we will continue to be steadfast and immovable right until the end because it's not about how we start, um, but it's about finishing and finishing strong and guarding our hearts so that we don't drop out of the race. And I think, you know, some of the things, it can sound like a great grand divine eternal relay, but how that translates in our everyday life, you know, whether you're in the workforce, whether you're a full-time stay-at-home mum, whether you're a corporate CEO, uh, whether you're an athlete, a student, I mean, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in or what sphere of life you're in, we are all commissioned by God to be witnesses to our generation. And therefore, by that alone means that we're carrying the baton of faith to our generation. And so we've got to finish strong. And that means we hang on and we fight for faith where we don't allow discouragement and disappointment and offense and bitterness and disillusionment and um, just those sorts of things to knock us out of the race. And I think a lot of times people were running with a baton of somewhere along the line, they got blindsided, got discouraged, got disappointed. Someone walked out, someone hurt them, someone mistreated them. Perhaps they failed themselves and they dropped the baton of faith and just 
just basically sat in a corner and they're no longer running the race they've been put on earth to run. And therefore what we find is a lot of Christians end up becoming spectators at Christian events rather than a participator on the Christian journey. And, um, you know, I like to say that there's there's no grandstand here on earth. I mean, you don't come and watch. I know we have a lot of events in arenas, but this is not a spectator sport. The only people that are watching are the cloud of witnesses in heaven. Here on earth, we have been given an assignment where God's workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. He's put us on this earth to, and we're not saved obviously by works, but we're saved for works. And I think it's so crucial that we discover the purpose for which we're on the earth and then we pick up our baton of faith and we run with it. I want to awaken some of the um, older generation to say, come on, pick up that baton and keep running and to help the younger generation to understand that we are, um, I think of sorts in a divine spiritual exchange on the earth. We're in an exchange zone. What we do in this exchange zone is important. The younger generation needs to not just kind of forget that what's gone before them and go, I'm just here to change the world. And, you know, I'm really not thinking about what's gone before me and I can do everything bigger and better um, than anybody did before me. But where they understand, I'm grateful for the legacy that's been left before me. I understand, and you lay it out beautifully in the book, the call to to fight the good fight, finish the race, keep the faith. And I think that a reader might be tempted uh, to think, well, that's easier for Christine Kane to hand the baton of faith because, uh, you know, she travels the world, shares with millions, but I'm here in my desk job with no sphere of influence and kind of every day is a pattern of the same. And I, I don't have this, I'm not on this exciting Christine Kane kind of journey. Um, how, what would you say to those people? How would you address them and, and push back against against that idea? Oh, yeah. I think, my gosh, I don't even want to be Chris Kane, so I couldn't imagine why anybody else would. I think a lot of it is um, you have a we have a very misunderstanding of what serving the Lord is. And um, again, I think it's because of social media and a grandiose kind of view of what serving God is. We tend to think if something doesn't appear to be great and grand and huge and, um, you know, heroic of sorts, that it mustn't matter to God. But, you know, I don't wake up in the morning and think, wow, I'm, um, I'm doing something big and grand and heroic. You know, I'm just trying to run in my lane like everybody else. And the Lord has enlarged my sphere of influence. But if you had known me, Eddie, uh, 20 years ago, I was as passionate then as I am now <laughs> Um, when I had a small group of six young people in my youth group, you know, in my small connect group, when I was working um, in the coffee shop, I, I, the difference is now they put a microphone in front of my face, um, <laughs> but I, I'm doing effectively what I always did. Um, I was so zealous working in anonymity and obscurity in drop-in centers and in drug and alcohol rehab centers and just always looking to give people value and dignity. I mean, people now see me with the A21 campaign you know, helping to rescue the victims of human trafficking around the world. But I was doing that before anybody knew uh, what it was or that I was doing it before I ever knew that anybody would know anything about it. Um, It wasn't, I didn't do it so somebody would know. Um, I did it and then the Lord shone his light on it. And I think wherever we are, we can turn that place into a a sacred space where we could do the good works that God has called us to do. And then as we're faithful with what's in our hand, I think God then gives us what's in our heart. I think probably if I had to sum it up, the greatest misnomer for this generation 
is that we have confused uh you know, we don't all need to be heroes. Jesus is the hero. The hero came 2,000 years ago. So he's already the hero. He's not looking for heroes. He's looking for co-laborers. The challenge is most people want to be co-stars, not co-laborers. And if you actually understood what it is to be a co-laborer, you could labor wherever you are. And, you know, I'm laboring. I mean, you want to be on the front lines like we are. Front lines like we are. That means I'm... Um, you know, we're also a bigger target. I've got a bigger target on my forehead than anybody else because mm. we are right there um, taking on the enemy and taking ground from the enemy. So to me, it's not any easier. In fact, I think like the Apostle Paul, you know, he says, I just die daily. Man, it would be easier to go home than to than to keep kind of uh, running. But I've got to run, I've got to finish. And I think that's what I tell myself every day. That was Christine Kane. If you've ever heard Christine speak, you know she is packed with amazing content. And this interview is no different. And so if you want to hear the full interview, head over to the uh, podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. We'll post the whole thing there. You're listening to Brooke Fraser. The song is Start a War from her album Beautiful Romantic, which made the top 10 albums of 2014 list at relevantmagazine.com. Because it's so dang good. Yeah. It is a good <laughs> album. It's really I like it a lot, actually. This was this was the first I'd heard of her in a while, and it, I think she came back full force. Yeah, it's great. From Indian Lakes is uh, a great indie band uh, founded by Joey Venucci back all the way back in 2009. Uh the bands evolved a lot in that time, and their sound now kind of blurs the boundaries of genres like indie, post-rock, alternative. Uh, they released their latest album, Absent Sounds, late last year. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to Joey. Here's our spotlight on From Indian Lakes. Do you mind giving me just a, a brief recap of like your origin story of how of how you got started playing music? So a few years ago, I moved back up to near Yosemite National Park where I grew up and started writing and recording um, a bunch of songs. And then my friends that I had grown up with who were around just like agreed to play the material live with me and then um, and normally that would be something that that happens a lot but I think this might be the only I'm starting to realize this might be the only case of this sort of situation where then you get invited on tours and then you and your friends just keep going and then years later now you're still doing that Fight back all these things that I've been feeling like a lost 
do you ever get the sense now as you as you start doing a little more that you're like man this is not what i signed up for like that it's becoming uh something that's bigger than than you expected it to be no you know i think that i just have that personality where i'm more of a pessimist in the way of like nothing's ever good enough which you know bothers probably most people i come in contact with but i can't help it you know i just <laughs> it's like something really big can happen and i'm just like okay but you know i really want to do i really want to get it to here you know what i mean it's like sure sure so it's, it's really more like it's not like too big or anything like that i just want to keep taking it as far as possible which which is why i also one thing with our band is like you know, I really don't like to settle for what our peers and what bands in our genre or whatever. I think we've sort of moved out into other genres, but bands in our like situation like a year ago, they weren't really supposed to get popular. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, there's a few bands that have really, really done really, really well. But I think that it's like, just like how it came, like I just always want to take it it's never good enough and I just want to keep going and like take it bigger and everything like that and it's like a band like ours like a year ago if I had told someone like hey you know like I've got this song I want to push it to like Alt Nation or like even I could hear it on a hit station as like a softer acoustic-y kind of you know one of those kinds of things and I think when when our last record came out people would have been like if you were going to do something like that, it would have had to been, have been like a sellout move or something like that. Sure. Because sure. you're supposed to be making like experimental, depressing indie rock. And, you know, you're supposed to break up and then get bigger after you've broken up in the underground scene. That's like, or something like that. There's so many like different specific scenarios, but I've just noticed that like a band in this certain genre or underground scene or whatever, it's like, people only almost like allow them to get like so big or go so far you know what I mean What do you think, and, and there might not be a way for you to answer this question that doesn't sound like super egotistical and I don't want to force you into a corner, but do you feel like you're doing anything that's like, that sets you apart or, or that makes you guys different that, that will allow you to succeed where a lot of bands just can't quite cut it? Um, I mean, I don't think it's like even anything that needs to sound that egotistical because I, I think that it, it can come down simply to the the fact that a lot of these bands what we were just talking about they believe it themselves because they were fans of the I'm trying to think it's like you know in the 90s it was like Sunday Real Estate and then later it was like Page of the Lion and then I'm just trying to think of these bands or whatever and, and then now the bands that are out right now I think they have this mentality where they want to have the respect I mean like David Bazan is like one of the most well-respected singer-songwriter ex-band guy I mean he's just he's such a huge deal and he has so much respect from 
guys like me and other people. And I think that a lot of bands who are into that sort of thing, writing like emotional uh, alternative music, I think they're sort of torn between becoming that guy who didn't blow up and make a ton of money or anything and, and becoming like Tudor Cinema Club or, you know, or some alternative band that was able to have mass appeal. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think that, you know, without sounding egotistical or anything, I think that um, I've just been writing songs more and more that I like more and that I can tell other people in more of a mass group of people will like more. And so, um, but still keeping with, you know, it's still, a lot of it's really dark and it's still really emotional. So I think that I just don't see a lot of bands trying to walk that line of like extreme emotion and all the underground indie kids are into it, but also, you know, trying to get ready to play and, and uh, having the industry sort of be like, oh, this is, we could make money. And it's like, so trying to find that sweet spot. I, just, I think that might be where we could be set apart. I mean, at least that's the goal, but I guess we'll find out. That was from Indian Lakes. Their new album is called Absent Sounds, and you can find out more about them at fromindianlakes.com. listening to violence the song is tempter there's so many so many things i can't say (laughs) all right it's time for your feedback uh last week we asked you for your ideas for endurance challenges that jesse should do to raise money for charity and if he really did this challenge you would actually give money to it okay people let me just say this my goodness People have a very high bar for what. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You guys hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and told us your endurance challenges uh, for Jesse, and they were great. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, uh, this user said that uh, I would have to live like a vegan for 30 days, just not with, with food, but in every other aspect even the proselytizing. So I'm guessing that it, that would involve me just going into places, uh, sorry, Chad, but announcing that I'm a vegan mm-hmm. and, and demanding other people live to my standards. You'd have to do it very, very obnoxiously, Jesse. <laughs> but that would also mean like in all the other ways, like you can't wear leather shoes or leather jacket. You can't, right. you know, like all, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Monte, Monte Q hit us up on Twitter and I like this one. It was a three tweets in a row because you can't contain this, the brilliance of this idea in one tweet. Says uh, Jesse listens to the Nickelback discography on repeat from the end of one podcast to the start of next week's rules. He has to wear at least one earbud the whole week, sleep included. A speaker can be used for showers, and no shuffle allowed, no single repeat allowed. He has to listen to the discography in its entirety on repeat. Okay, so this <laughs> one is is actually physically seems doable. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, it's so, psychological so the warfare like the snake in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so let me think about, because I'm willing to do one of these. Oh, and wow. a lot of these oh, really? are, would be very hard to do just logistically. Yeah. yeah. So this would involve me for, for a week. Yeah, from one podcast to the next. L- listening to <laughs> the Nickelback discography, discography in order with no shuffle. My problem would be sleep, I think. Well, I don't you, know you if could I turn would it actually down, be able but you'd have to hear you'd it. Have to have it. Yeah, one you'd ear. have to have it on in the background the entire time. No, no, one earbud. Oh, said. one earbud. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. It would just be yeah. gentle background music at that point. <laughs> Kevin Leftwich says, "I think Jesse should watch the Left Behind, watch Left Behind once a week with Joe the neighbor and live tweet their opinions." So it's exactly like the the one that we were talking about, the challenge of watching a bad movie. They they nominated Left Behind, and yeah. you get Joe to do it with you. That would be incredibly enjoyable to do that with Joe. Once uh, or twice, not 52 times. Well, yeah, speaking of which, I listened out of curiosity to what their podcast, for people who didn't listen last week, there's a podcast where two guys have been watching the film Grown Ups 2 every Monday for uh, going on 50 straight weeks now. I listened to episode like 45 just to see what it was about. It was very dark. <laughs> like these two guys are in a very, very dark psychological place. Like, like Grown Ups 2 has has driven them pretty much to the brink of depression and insanity. But it was a, I, I laughed a lot. At our entertainment, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at their expense. Yeah. As long as it's for a good cause. Yeah, well, there, there was no donation, there's no charity component to it. Well, my it entertainment just, is a very good cause. Yeah. <laughs> so th- this person recommended I do a polar bear plunge uh, through winter at the beach. I, I think I'd be willing to do that. Uh, I don't know how much enjoyment anyone else would get out of that. But they suggested if there could be some sort of tightrope, uh, Nick Walinda component, uh, then that that would that would maybe aid the entertainment value of it. I would definitely do that if someone could rig up the the tightrope for me. Ma- Mac Ladonimo Wells says Jesse works his way up from Cub Scout to Eagle Scout and into Order of the Arrow within 2015 in an accelerated program. Does that program exist? I don't know. I, I'll have to talk to Eddie. I don't know if he would reveal that to me. Uh, Angela said on Twitter, I can think of no better endurance challenge for Jesse than him watching eight straight hours of Disney's Jesse. A little Inception thing going on. That, that seems very easily doable. Absolutely. Like just, that's just a, that, that can that's be just a Saturday back. for me. That, 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 yeah, I've done it with many other shows. That could be my fallback if I can't think of a compromise to accomplish this Nickelback one. <laughs> I, this word, uh, Matt said that I should uh, live on a diet of only Hot Pockets and Yoo-Hoo for 30 days. Uh, I could not eat the. I would have to eat the hot pockets uh, as soon as they come out of the microwave without the aid of utensils, and the yoo-hoo would have to be kept at room temperature. I'm pretty sure I would die. Like even with my body's in, in, <laughs> incredible tolerance for that type of food, I think 30 days if I eat that exclusively, I may actually die. Yeah, I don't know if your body could take that. Which brings up Brian Albin's point, the uh, the all caps, he should go to the doctor. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't. Jesse, I forget. I know we've discussed I this. I can't I won't, I'm, not, I'm not going to those quacks. <laughs> <laughs> because, Tyler, I know my body better than some person with a degree possibly could. I live in this skin, okay? I forget your... We've talked about this a little bit, but you have... Never gone in for a checkup? He had to gone a year or so ago because you had the shingles. I did. I did have shingles, and I had to go to get 
some very strong medication for that. Uh, <laughs> but I do have good news for people that want to know about my health. I just, I, I got life insurance. We have a kid, we have a son now. So, you know, we're just, that's one of those things that some people do. But in order to do it, I had to take a physical, which is blood work and the whole deal. So, so I, I went in and I got my results. They put me, they called me and said, we're discounting your rate because you're at a Superman level. That's literally the words they said. So <laughs> all that YooHoo and Hot Pocket have just been creating some sort of, you know, mutant immunity and health. That's all I can say. That's the only explanation. And guess what, Tyler? No doctor can explain that. <laughs> What's the bar for Superman level? Whatever I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that there's a lot more feedback uh we'll we'll comb through it if you guys want to keep chiming in and and maybe next week announce what challenge jesse is going to take on for for charity and it won't be watching jesse for eight hours because it's a little too easy the bar's a little yeah. too low yeah i i you know it may have to do something with a nickelback catalog that will be some manner of compromise but i i will no, i am going to no, do no. if you're gonna pick nickelback you're doing what he said because that was a perfect the rules are dead on on that one I don't. I don't have the equipment to wear in the shower. Oh, we can what? get no, it. No, no, no. We can get you it for said you, Jesse. A, a speaker for the shower, dude. I have a Bluetooth speaker in my shower. It costs fifteen dollars on Amazon. I'll send you. I'll send you the speaker. You don't worry about. Yeah, that. I'll send. I'll loan you my Bluetooth shower speaker. That'll be part of. That'll be my contribution for charity. How many albums does Nickelback? How many albums have they made? Does anyone know? Chad, Not enough. Chad, you're the music. Like, how long is the loop that I'd be running? I'll pull, I'm, I'm going to pull up that stat right now because I want to know. Because this one is seeming the most doable. Listen, I I sleep with soft, you know, jazz music or early '90s R&B music playing, you know, on my phone next to be- my bed some yeah. some nights. It's not bad, dude. You, you just every once in a while you might wake up and notice that music's playing softly, but. If I do this, <laughs> I'm it's it, I'm a little nervous that I'm thinking about the logistics of how this would happen. But I'm going to have to secure some wireless earbuds because if I'm with Noah, I'm not going to subject him to <laughs> to Nickelback. I don't think there are wireless earbuds. There's wireless headphones. Yeah, well, something that I can be could be worn comfortably. Noah's not going to yank out of my ears. That's true. You've, you've, you've got to deal with eight albums. Eight Jesse. albums. Yep. And I just do I listen I. So so, it's, so listen, eight hours, that's about eight hours a day of fresh new music. Mm-hmm. So you're only a, a three-time rotation. It's not bad. It's not too it's bad, It's not dude. bad at all, Jesse. It's not bad. You can totally do this for charity. How much do you think we could raise? That's the question. $1,000? I mean, do you think we could raise $1,000 for charity? Ask, I need some pledges. If people want to see me do this, start pledging <laughs> okay. on the feedback. Hey, listen, form. next week we'll set up an Indiegogo site, yep. and yep. we will pick. We're not saying it's going to be Nickelback. We're going to help him pick. The real yeah. challenge will right. set up a donation site, and the, you listeners had better put your money where your mouth is. If yeah. Jesse's let me do know, this. let me know what I'm getting into. What this is actually? Do I get to pick the charity, or do, are you, yeah, you, you guys want to nominate charity. one? Yeah, no, you I think you pick the charity. Yeah. Okay, and they will <laughs> they will be the beneficiaries of people. But it's not going to be like Jungle I'm Birds deforestation that. charity. It's going to be like a real charity. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I have a couple that I would, I would, I could, I have in mind. Okay, good. All right, okay. There it is. And if I do it, I want people to come through and donate. Like to you know, obviously all of it will go to a charity. But if I'm going to subject myself to this, people better make it worthwhile for this charity. Yeah, and we're gonna have to figure out the accountability of it. Like, are you going to be live tweeting? Do you have to post a photo on Twitter every hour? Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Even if even if it's like I listen to four Nickelback albums a day or something. No, no, (laughs) no. 
That, that's reason. That, that. That's a few hours of Nickelback. That's four every day. hours. That's Dang. nothing. That's, that's not easy. psychological torture. You clearly, don't like the the uh, charity that you. I have mean, rednecks mind. do that every day for entertainment. I'm just making a suggestion here for logistical reasons. You can't just be like, I'm going to be a redneck for four hours a day by choice. That's not okay. All right, hey, we'll figure it out. We'll figure. <laughs> I'm like okay. We'll figure out the logistics between now and next week. I want to see what people would pledge to donate. I'll get a henna tribal tattoo. I, I hey, listen. I will just I will give my interviews to Tyler or something next week. If that if that's going to be that the 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 hinge on it or something. I we'll think I think we need to think of things like a henna tattoo on his face with like Tyler's name on it, like or something like that. Like he's just walking around. He has henna. to go to dinner. He has to go to. <laughs> The grocery store, and he's just got Tyler tattooed on his face. That doesn't seem like a thing of endurance. No, I, who that's said just, anything about endurance? That's a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> you would be far from the first person to get my name tattooed on your face, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> join, join a popular, popular, well-thought-out club. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so that's last week's uh, feedback. So next week, we'll have an update uh, on that for you. Yeah. Um, but it's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. All right, well, earlier in the show, we... Uh, you know, Jesse brought the slice about uh, sending glitter to your enemies, the guy who will mail letters full of glitter to your enemies. So it's a great prank. It's awesome. So it got us thinking, uh, we want to know from you, what is the best prank you have either ever pulled on someone or had pulled on you? Uh, We want to know the best prank. Uh, you've ever done or had pulled on you. You can go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your replies there. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and we will uh, read our favorites on next week's show. With that, uh, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Christine Kane for talking to us. Uh, you can listen to the full interview over on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Make sure to do that. And her new book, Unstoppable, is available now. Also, check out the new album from Indian Lakes called Absent Sounds. You can follow them on Twitter at From Indian Lakes. Thanks to our sponsors, Stamps.com and Squarespace. Make sure to get the special deals that they have just for Relevant Podcast listeners. Stamps.com, promo code RELEVANT, and Squarespace.com, promo code RELEVANT. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. For Eddie Koffold, Sean Nyquist, and Joy Egerich, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. Yeah, go in front of an oscillating fan and open this envelope. Hint, hint, no glitter inside.